Marvin Heemeyer said, it's interesting to observe that I was never caught. Maybe we will get a justified right to repair, and maybe the earth will die before then. A scorched earth. We're in an overwhelming heat wave. We're in the coldest summer for the rest of our lives. Boom, this is Lo-Fi Lit. New episode, everyone, with Aeon Ginsberg. We're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about Greyhound and poetry, mm-hmm. Peach Magazine, and all that shit. Uh, yeah, this is usually about when I wake up. I bartend, so um, I get home from work. The earliest I'll get home is like 1. Um, last night I got home around 3.20. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you you wind down a little bit, and then eventually sleep takes you. So is there a lot of, like, comparisons between barting and poetry? Like, doing drinks? There's, like, poetic energy to, like, mixing things, like, putting it together, and, like, this is a poem, but, like, encapsulated I would say, I would say I would say yes. Uh, yes in ways that uh, are, are less glamorous, maybe. Uh, sometimes there's the glamour of, like, building a drink, and it's like you're conceptualizing a poem, and, you know, at first your idea doesn't actually work out the way that you want it to, and you find that you have, like, an entirely different drink on your hands. But mostly it... Uh, poetry and bartending are very similar in that a lot of men get a lot of success off of it for very little uh whereas everyone else has to put in a lot of effort (laughs) that's about it (laughs) so with greyhound if you get like nominated for an award or like won an award like like you have i would expect people to kind of become teachers or professors or go around and speak and stuff and it's frustrating when i see people like like even like Jamie Hood, like she she wrote a poetry book and she's very well mm-hmm. respected and she bartends as well too. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with bartending. No, I know, I know that yeah. I know, I know, but like like <laughs> people know. like working like these, I guess like minimum wage jobs still, or just working yeah, jobs yeah. like uh, the service uh, yeah. industry. Yeah, I mean, I I can't speak on Jamie's experience. Uh, I would say, at least on my own, having a book published in the early part of COVID really uh i am always gonna be grateful that i've got published i'm always gonna be grateful that people have read it and have enjoyed it or have had any strong emotion towards it at all um but if i could have just like pushed it back just like a smidge Mm -hmm. knowing what i know now i might have just i don't know i it was the the right in the rough period where everyone was a little burnt out on zoom readings already it was like mm-hmm. you know six months into it and they were always like fuck that shit i'm not showing up i'm not i'm not going anywhere i'm just sitting in my house but i'm not gonna show up on a zoom reading well, those were so uh, boring they were boring when people were boring yes like people peach have... magazine they're very entertaining then we try i i think like the whole point of it is that it's like we're Poetry readings in person can be very boring. And so mm-hmm. trying to that's you know, subvert just sounds like a, an asshole move. Just trying to jazz it up, put the little razzle dazzle in there. Yeah. Um I don't know, we're trying to if sidewalk surfers isn't on the edge of this screen, no one's gonna be paying attention to what we're saying. It's like we need so much stimuli right now. So we're just burnt out on ways to get it um so like i don't know i i really nowadays if i think about like online readings i think about um 
the set that Mary Boo Anderson did oh, where know. she fucking like went all over apartment finding mm-hmm. poems and then had somebody join the reading to give her her last poem in the chat. It was like genius moves. Yes. I think about um, that all the time. I'm like, how do you construct something? Because I would love to do one where like you're doing a reading and then in the middle of it, there's like an invasion of people and they come and like hijack it. And it's like yeah. more like more like a pro wrestling show. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like awesome. you had no idea that this person were going to be on the bill, and then they showed up and they, you know, choke slam the person at the mic. Yes, and, that would be amazing. Yeah, I, characters and everything. Uh, I'm doing a reading in Philadelphia next month. Next month, yes, March, March 29th. Um, maybe I should try to have somebody try to fight me at it. You should. What What's the uh, reading? Uh, it's at Tattooed Moms. It will be with a. F- a few people I know, uh, Sadie Dupuy, Dupuy, Dupois, Dupuy, Dupuy, I'm not, Dupuy, uh, yeah. we'll say that, and if that's wrong, then, you know, whatever, um, and Anna Crooks, uh, Alina Pleskova, I had to pull it up the email, um, Kelly X, who's another Peach Mag editor, um, and Hazel Avery will be doing that reading. Are these new poems? Um, uh, no, it's, uh, well, I mean, yeah, some of them probably. Yeah, I'll probably do some, do some more new stuff than old stuff at this point. How much um, have you so written since Greyhound? Very little, but uh, I say that, and then I'll, like, put it all together, and, you know, a fair shake. More than a chat book, but, you know, I'm not not hitting the next manuscript yet. But the next manuscript, I have big plans and ideas that require a lot of research and learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm teaching myself how to. I'm not doing this yet. I keep saying that I'm doing this, but it, you know, time escapes you. Um, I need to learn how to code because I want to make a book that you can look at and like physically it reads as one thing, and then you put on like uh, AR VR goggles and it changes yeah. all the text on the page. Oh, that's so fucking cool! But I don't know how to do that. So, you can talk to the I, the some po- poetry is something cool site yeah, yeah, yeah i i think that that is gonna be like a solid outlet for it we're i i'm in some emails with them about trying to get a piece published by them that requires some experimental formatting uh but thusly like there hasn't been much headway so i like we'll where see. your brain's at where you're thinking about doing something in vr because i don't i've never heard of that before but that's a very like, yeah innovative uh use of technology well i i just think uh as i was getting to the ending stages of greyhound i was doing a lot of like artist residencies not just like writing residencies like residencies with like painters and videographers and like people do fabric arts and thinking about the book as a piece of art rather than the book as a like a physical token to like give to people Uh, and like you know all art is for everybody but like what if i published a book and there's only one of it (laughs) yeah and it like is displayed at galleries instead of you know sold in perpetuity but then think about the idea of like reproduction being sold um so maybe maybe that's a little bit more attainable than doing like a published run of book that also needs to be printed on specific paper with ink mm-hmm. that works with a goggle set. Um, or maybe uh, you just started. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. 
Oh, you're fine. No, you're fine. Maybe you put out the one book for the museums, and then you make your own bootleg like copies that are just like shittier, and then you put those, you like spread those out to people nah, secretly. Yeah. yeah, like like all good art, there needs to be a shitty bootleg. Yeah. So, when did you get into like wrestling? Uh, I got into wrestling um in like. I started watching it about as frequently. I've never like gotten as frequently into wrestling just because working in the service industry, I am usually on the clock on days where pay-per-views are happening. And I'll try mm -hmm. to watch things in retrospect, but sometimes it's a little hard to get to. Um, but for the last 10 years, uh, some people I'd been like tertiarily like friends with or you know, actually friends with on the internet were talking about it. And I was like, this seems cool. I'll check this out. And, you know, it spoke to a deep part of myself. That's like, what if, uh, what if theater was good? Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot. I mean, your... theater is good sometimes, but it's, it's, what if theater was like real good? Like what's your definition of good? Like violent or like, uh, like not violent, but just like, um, compelling and interesting storylines that are, uh, aware enough to be silly, but also can utilize comedy in such a way that they drive your heart. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, have no comedic effect at all and are just like a very well choreographed. Um, no. Yeah, I think of it like in terms of writing too, when like older like wrestlers, they will talk about, they get to a point in their career where they can just like not talk in the back and they just go out to the ring and they put on a match according to like the direction of the audience's reaction. And I think yeah. about like that could kind of work with poetry if you're writing the poem in terms of what you're thinking the the vibe is gonna be off the reaction. But I think that would be pretty hard as opposed to like oh, yeah, yeah. writing it like very specifically like and choreograph every word and methodically yeah. taking your time. There's just like different styles yeah. to writing. I kind of approach that with like doing readings or sets. I never really think about like, okay, I'm going to do this piece and then this piece and then this piece and then this piece. It's all like, I'm going to start with this and then go from there. And, you know, that's, I used to be able to memorize my poems, but as, you know, as, as life continues, it's not something that is a strong suit anymore. And also, I like the, not having to fall in the crutch of like, okay, I need to memorize this 15 minute block of words. Otherwise, like for a cohesive set, instead it's like, okay, I'm just gonna like read whatever. And then if people are vibing off of like, my, you know, poems are a little bit more speculative, then I'll go in that direction. If they want more of the manifesto adjacent work, then I'll go in that direction. Uh, if they just want my goofy pop culture pieces, I got some of those. And then when you read, do you try to like, I'm putting on a performance of Aeon or are you just like yourself? Or do you think about projecting like a character, a caricature of yourself when you read? I think there's a caricature of myself. I mean, I, I put on not my customer service voice, but a version of myself that is like a, my, my poetry customer service voice. And it's like, you know, if I'm if you're at the bar and you're sitting across from me and I don't know you, then it's like, oh hey, how you doing? Like, what can I get for you? Or mm -hmm. if you're really rude, I'm just gonna you know be a little bit more curt about it. But 
for the most part, it's like, oh, pretty nice, breathy, like, ah, da, 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 da. like, welcome to the bar. This is how you read the menu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And the poetry reading is a little bit more projected, a little bit more out there. Uh, I used to be a person who's like, I don't need a microphone. I know how to talk loud, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, microphones are actually pretty helpful uh, tools for access. Um, and, like, not using a microphone can... Um, make it harder for some people to actually be able to listen and enjoy the work that is being presented in front of them. Um, so wanting to maintain access nowadays uh, as a part of my performance. <laughs> Was it odd to switch from like going from just like projecting your voice to the microphone? No, you still project. There's uh-huh. a lot of people who are talking to a microphone and they talk really quietly. Mm-hmm. Do that when they do the breathy thing. Uh, it's like that's fine. The breathy thing's nice. Uh, everybody loves to breathe, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know, not everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aon Ginsberg gets canceled for saying people like to breathe. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, people like if you, if people can't hear you, then like why are you doing it? This is mostly for yourself. Mm-hmm. This is like. I know, uh, sharing poetry is uh, giving someone a gift that hopefully they will like. Have you thought of yourself, like, have you, like, ever created a character, like a wrestling character based off yourself? Or if you were a wrestler, have you thought about that? Uh, I tried to host a backyard wrestling event in 2012. <gasps> I saw uh, that. And, yeah, it, it didn't really go too too well i i had a buddy who showed up and we grilled some hot dogs and we thought about wrestling but there's like no one else around and also the house that we were going to do it at a person didn't tell us that their entire house was like going to be out of town that day and that's why they were okay with us doing the wrestling thing there and like my friend who lived there wasn't even there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so it was like we 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 sort of trespassed into someone else's backyard dressed as uh caricatures um or characters and uh ate some hot dogs and left (laughs) uh yeah i but no i've thought about a my a wrestling persona of robotussling uh where i'm the like robo tripping wrestler or a a robot that's fueled by robotussing um is that an over-the-counter like yeah it's it's like a cold and flu medicine you put it in with a cup some sprite and oh yeah 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 that's a good idea what kind of robot like from the future or like from the 80s uh probably from the 80s um campy like max headroom oh yeah, yeah like very uh you know, poor quality, not poor quality, but like very simple design, nothing like too fancy or big, really hinders my movement, I mm-hmm. think would be like a good thing, like not being able to actually do the things, but then to show that I can do it somehow would be, that'd be a clutch move. You were like hardboard boxes on like your arms and legs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do any of those like, really cheap like oh i had a costume thing but i didn't take the recycling out so i'll just make my costume out of my recycling mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's like how a lot of wrestlers probably start it's like just doing back backyard events yeah, yeah i think there there's like a fair shake of that there is also like 
um to my understanding like you know training camps and stuff that you can go to and you know that's where a lot uh people i feel like with a little bit more success go through like the coaching route um rather than like just showing up on the scene it's also like how do you get booked if you're not knowing the people who are doing the events so yeah easiest way to find the people doing the events is you know going to you know where they train yeah so with your um, where was it gonna go with your wrestling my sorry i just lost my train of thought it's okay it's so early right now it's not that early it's 12 18 where i am are you also east coast it's 11 18 i live in oklahoma word yeah it's, it's i i to me this is astoundingly early but also i was on the clock yesterday for 16 and a half hours holy shit what <laughs> Fuck, dude. Uh, I, i'm the i'm to you know toot my own horn i'm the lead bartender where i work so it means that i do more <laughs> i get paid more for it uh we have more responsibility like, no, off the tip pool hours, I have like a like a decent wage, but it's also like I'm gonna be there when I'm off the tip pool. I had mm-hmm. to break down like twenty pounds of beets and twenty pounds of oranges, um, and bruh, put them into a two percent salt solution brine and vacuum seal them for the next fourteen days. How does that? And then also for- make a. Uh, oh, how does it work? How does the whole process work? Yeah. Beating down oranges. Uh, uh, so by breaking down, I mean just like cutting it into eighths. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, when when I mean I'm like breaking down vegetable, it's or fruit is um, taking like a whole piece and then uh, segmenting it into parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're just doing a new cocktail menu next month, and so. I have to now that I have like some things like actually hemmed in recipe wise, trying to get up on the prep side of it. So that way, when it is going, we're like stocked and prepared rather than it being like a month of stocking and preparing. Would you ever want to own your own bar? No, no, absolutely not. Um, If I did work at a bar without a boss, then I, I would want it to be a communally owned thing. Well, that's cool. Like, um, everyone has a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'll probably if, if my mind's eye of this perfect establishment. Have you ever seen uh, the show Midnight Diner? No. So, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's it was like a Netflix original thing. It's a show about this guy who like opens up his little kitchen from like midnight until like seven a.m. Uh, and he'll like make you anything if he has the ingredients, but if he doesn't have the ingredients, won't make it. And so like in over the course of it, my memory re- remembers right. Uh, people like bring in stuff and like I really want this like fucking hot dog dish. Here's hot dogs. Make it for me. Um, so thinking about that in a similar way of just like, you know, I'll have some basic stuff. And then, you know, if you want to roll through and say you want something with hypnotic and you bring the hypnotic in, then I'll make you something. I was going to ask you about your girls night tweets. <laughs> the first girls night tweet was a quote tweet from auto ass media of a bunch of dudes hard or like 
squatting on top of a flipped over car, only illuminated by the headlights of another car. And the caption for that tweet says, mom, drive safe. And then me and the boys, and then it's the picture. And I quote tweeted that in March, March 6, 2022, girls night. And that, that was how it all began, which I think I, I just got a, a big giggle over that because it's like, yeah, that's fucking, that's girls night in it. It's like when it's me and the boys, but all the boys are girls and some mm -hmm. of them are boys. Yeah, we're going to go drifting and we're going to crash a car. Over the beginning of 2020, I watched every single Fast and the Furious movie in... Wow chronological order according to the timeline of fast and the furious rather than the release of the fast and furious movies because tokyo drift is supposed to take place in 2016 but the film was made in like released in like 2006 mm -hmm. which makes it really funny that they're all using sidekicks but it's supposed to explain why uh han is in tokyo drift at the end uh but then is no longer in the fast franchise uh in the storyline are you disappointed um, the rock won't be in the next one no i think the rock's probably a pretty staunch republican it seems like he doesn't really like people but he loves capitalism and money uh i think he's been pretty rude about his uh wealth and privilege uh post his wrestling career mm -hmm. um I'm concerned with people like they want him to be like president. I'm like, yeah, a lot of the wrestlers are very kind of Republican and conservative. Also, like, that's kind of a diss. I want you to be the president. Sheesh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Aim higher. I don't know. Do better. That's true. Like, there is like a lot of stories about how The Rock uh, was like incredibly rude uh to vin diesel about the death of paul walker paul walker also you know has his own situations that are relative like cd but you know anyone losing a friend in a violent mean uh you know i'm not gonna like really dunk on somebody unless somebody says like oh yeah my my best friend henry kissinger just died and then i'd like really go in on him because like go fuck yourself uh it's good that he died i was thinking about Kissinger dying last night. I was I, like off of work. I was like sitting there, my coworkers waiting on their Uber. I'm like, make sure they're getting the Uber before I bike home. And we're talking about it. I was like, damn, I either hope this one specific friend of mine gets to tell me that Kissinger died, or I get to be the person that tells them Kissinger died because it will be like, I know it will be the exact reaction I want of just like, pure bliss did kissinger die no he's still alive oh. somehow i don't know oh. was your friend uh, was it jacob no 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 i i do hope i get to tell jacob that kissinger dies too that'd be nice or you know either of the Koch brothers if if they die i hope i get to reach out to jacob but it seems like he's a, a touch more online than i am so he'll, he'll probably know first the girls night thing do you think about putting those memes into a booklet mm. no i think girls night is kind of just like a vision board mm -hmm. more so than like a, a concept for a piece of art like when i think about girls night i just like think about an ideal space like i have you know the the drift cars uh of wrestling moves that i find very interesting and like conceptually very cool uh 
there's one video of a giant skeleton walking on top of a city and somebody said what are you doing in this situation and i say girls night because it's like mm -hmm. yeah no it's the end of the world i just want to hang out that's girls night did you see john cena he got like someone took a picture of him and he was like in a skirt and like high heels and he was walking out of a trailer yeah it's probably in a movie yeah, uh, i think I it was imagine. a fast and furious movie i think it's going to be in fast 10. he was in fast nine so that would mm -hmm. make sense um it though i can't remember if his character died in fast nine i think at the end he's like introduced as like brother know. yeah yeah jacob toretto they always come back though and it's like yeah, a... they, they do come back i mean han came back thank god i'm glad han came back and not uh she did the really bad imagine cover early pandemic her name's not giselle because giselle is the model uh but i think it starts with a g well, anyways, the 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 one woman who plays Wonder Woman, uh, the one woman who plays Wonder Woman, the uh, the current Wonder Woman actress, uh, who was also somebody who was enlisted in the IDF on purpose uh, and trained people uh, to kill. Um, she her character can't come back to the Fast franchise. Like she got torn up by that air turbine. Huh? Do you I think, think Idris Elba is gonna? Oh, in Fast Ten. Maybe, but like he, his character was only in the spinoff, which I, I don't respect because I don't respect The Rock. Um, you hate The Rock. You like? I don't hate The Rock. I just, if I'm gonna spend probably two to three hours watching a piece of media where the main character is somebody who's like real life values, I know enough about to not like and i'm just not going to enjoy the the piece of mm -hmm. like the, the the fiction uh like i don't know this is not for me i i would love to see the cameos with uh one of the usos is in there and oh, i think roman, roman reigns. reigns also makes a, a mm -hmm. cameo as well yeah like I'd love to see that. I love Idris Elba. I think Jason Statham's really funny. I think that they really should do a, like a crank four, but oh, it's yeah. like if Jason Statham stops edging, he dies. Like <laughs> I think that would be really funny. Wow. Like crank four, cranking off. Uh, there's something there, but you know, if I'm gonna watch a movie, it's I want to at least be able to like either fall into disbelief or strictly enjoy it he has to stay up the entire movie yeah he's gotta stay up the whole yeah. movie the pills aren't working anymore what do i do this oh jason statham impression how do you think the uh, best, what do you think the big stunt is going to be in like the next fast oh movie? so are you familiar with the yakuza games I think were they on like PS2? Uh, so they've been on like PS2, PS3, I think four computer. They they're cross-platform at this point. Uh, there's a segment in one of them where they have to like transfer a baby from one place to another place, and the cutscene has or like quick time event has them like essentially rugby throwing a baby to oh, each wow. other. And I think that they're gonna have to pass a baby through, like Dom's baby, through like a car window and like over an explosion or something. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna be similar to the rugby scene in Yakuza, but it's like- Like a football? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like a, a spiral that baby in, into 
like a Camry's window. Or they could have a, like a bazooka and they could shoot the baby through the bazooka. I think if you t-shirt cannoned a baby, it would die. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's enough wiggle room there. I mean, they like, went to space in a little Subaru. And then they went to back. space in a Subaru that was outfitted to go to space, though. If That's they made a different. gun that was outfitted to shoot baby. If they, if they made a gun that was outfitted to shoot a baby, then I can see that making sense. But I I am suspending my uh belief for until I see that gun. Until I see the scene where they're like, This is the only way, Dom. We gotta get the baby over the gorge. For family. <laughs> for family. And we can't drive it. So how do you feel about Batista if you don't like the rock? Oh, I love Batista. Mm-hmm. Batista seems like a sweetheart. Uh, also, like the movies that he chooses to do outside of the Marvel stuff, like are always so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he gets a rom com. I would love to see Batista in a rom com. I think they could do a Holiday Two, but instead of it being like uh, a Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet like switching places, it's like a Batista. And then, like, Elliot Page are switching places. And then Elliot Page meets uh, Batista's, like, you know, gym partner. And, you know, they kick it off. And then Batista meets Elliot Page's librarian friend or something. Mm -hmm. And then they kick it off. And it's just, I would love to see Batista just being, like, a little love bug. Yeah, because he did, he was in, like, very small movies when he quit wrestling and then yeah. the, Mar- the Marvel movies, that's the one that like shot him off into the stratosphere. But he now he wants to be like respected and like take more serious. Well, I mean, roles. he's been doing like movies outside of Marvel for a while as well. Yeah. Um me... like he did like Blade Runner and he did Yeah, yeah. He was in uh Master Zed, which is like a spin-off of the Ip Man movies. It's really solid. Um, he's in that new Shyamalan movie, mm-hmm. uh, Knock at the Cabin. Here's like pretty good, even though it's really weird. Um, I mean, it's Shyamalan for you. What happened in the movie? Uh, I mean, it's it just come out. From my understanding, it's it's a doomsday movie, and the doomsday people who are like coming in to like start doomsday and holding hostage on the family. They're just like, wait, wait, wait. This is a gay family. Mm, I don't know. But anyways, mm. it's the doomsday now. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know like what the actual like impetus of like it being weird is, but you know, who knows? So with Greyhound, do you yeah. think you'll ever do like the next Greyhound could be like a Fast and Furious Greyhound? Uh, I think anything I write will exist in the same universe as Greyhound. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, but that's because Greyhound is rooted in reality. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but no, the the next the next big project I'm working on is all about cyborgs right now. It's not going to be like a singular piece. It's uh, a lot of pieces examining uh, the concept of like anything that can replicate like normal, quote unquote, normal human function, uh, abled human function, I should say. Um, makes people cyborgs so like uh hearing augmentation uh heart monitors insulin pumps ssris hrt uh turns like people into cyborgs because the cyborg is um like 
a robot within or an additive on a person to make them be able to be human. Mm-hmm. That's my my theory and the the thesis the theses. And so I'm like reading a lot about disability studies and like trying to stay up on that and trying to write about my own experiences through like the medical system and thinking about I don't know if my body is a robot is it like a car and therefore do I go to a mechanic instead of a doctor? Oh, that's cool. Uh, so that's kind of fast and furious. Um, yeah. In that way. Um, but, and then also like, if I am a machine, then can I be a killdozer? Um, killdozer was a, a bulldozer, a disgruntled uh, worker built where it had like, Essentially, once the armor that he built where it was layered over top of it, he would not be able to get out of the bulldozer, but he could there's two holes in it, one for his rifle and one for his pistol, and he just drove it over top of the businesses that uh were you know destroying his life Is that and like then a- eventually he shot himself in the head um this okay. happened in real life what uh, yeah, killdozer. Is real? I thought it was like anime. Yeah. No, uh, Marvin Heemeyer is the the mechanic uh, who did it. Um, 2004 in Colorado. Can you share the link real quick? The I'll, I'll, I'll drop his his little wiki. Okay. His little wiki. Yeah. No, it's uh very compelling. Like it, extremely sad. Um, yeah. Also, he kind of looks like Kevin Nash. He does, yeah, he does. Um, speech, speaking of Kevin Nash, Magic Mike Three just came out. Oh, yeah! I'm very excited about that. You like those movies, the Magic Mike movies? I love the Magic Mike movies. Magic Mike is the perfect encapsulation of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey theses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it uh, does more justice to those documents than any other thing before it. I know George Lucas took a lot of inspiration from Joseph Campbell for Star Wars, but Magic Mike knocked it out of the park way more than Luke Skywalker ever could. It's just... It's a beautiful artifact of life and experience, and also is one of the few popular cultural... popular cultural culture culture pop culture few, few pieces of pop culture that uh allow like m- mostly it is a very good interpretation of cis masculinity touching their feelings uh and being able to explore uh the full scope and resonance of life uh in in a way that They've tried to have the buddy comedy happen before, but this is like you know, it allows for the buddy tragedy and the buddy comedy to exist hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're beautiful. I think they're a beautiful thing. Have you written about this? No, I just I talk at odds end anytime Magic Mike comes up. I tell everybody that well, you got to watch both of them back to back. Now you got to watch all three. But Magic Mike one is. Uh, the journey uh, the journey that is difficult and arduous and takes a lot out of somebody but magic mike 2 xxl is the party you are going to 
as at the end of that journey and all of your friends are there and they're all excited to see you. I haven't seen any of these movies. You got to watch them back to back. It's a long excursion, but it is it's worth it. I think you should write something on this and like send it to that magazine that like I think Rochelle wrote something for. You mean in the mood? Because yes. I've already written something for in the mood, and that's yeah. Sunny. Uh, uh, and so, would you make a killdozer out of your bus, your Greyhound bus? That's your body. If I were to make a killdozer, it would it would probably be out of a bicycle. Unfortunately, I don't have a car. Um, yeah. Also, I don't think I'm a bus. If I was a car, I I think I would be more akin to like a. Like a Nissan Sentra. There you go. I think I'm, I'm like an old Sentra. So you could step off the Greyhound and then you see a Sentra in the parking lot and you're like, I'm going to take it. And you smash your elbow into the glass and you, t- you steal the car and then you transform into the car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Very Transformers. Yeah, like a, like a late 80s Nissan Sentra. I feel bad that I just compared that to transformers that's like Why? a that's like a transphobic thing comparing people uh, i i think that contextually i i felt no vitriol or violence about that uh, okay. trans, trans, uh the transference of whatnots uh we're also talking about cars and if we're talking about auto media transformers is like pretty up there as far as you know Mm-hmm. Cultural context goes. Also, a lot of the the young adult stuff that like happened throughout the eighties and nineties and early aughts uh, about like be, being one thing and becoming another thing did it was actually like you know pretty well written, um, or at least fun. <laughs> so, do you have any certain feelings about representation of like trans characters in, in big media? Yeah, uh, movies. I don't really. I don't think I've really seen any good ones. Uh, I like Tatan, which isn't a trans allegory, it, but also kind of is. Um, Julia Ducournau's 2021 film about, uh, you know, fucking cars and killing people uh, and then becoming the surrogate uh, replacement son for a very sad old man. Sorry if this is too personal. I noticed, um, I think when Greyhound came out, your pronouns were maybe they, them, and I think, did you switch it to yeah, she, yeah. she, her? Yeah, so I've, I've switched my pronouns a few times for, uh, in the past few years, uh, which, you know, I think that's fine, and I might switch again. It, the, yeah, that's not gender is Gender is a playground, and I'm, you know, exploring all the toys. Um, so I, you know, used to strictly go by they, them pronouns, neutral pronouns. Um, and it, it worked, but it also just kind of like felt like a placeholder a lot of times. Now I'm oh, having a little heartburn situation. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm just empty stomach coffee. The last thing I ate was at like 11 last night. It was just like need to get- a little bit of rice. You need to get something to eat again. No, no, I'm going to eat after this. Um, But yeah, then I like switched to AM pronouns, which felt more 
true and accurate and still feels like the most true and accurate representation of how I am, uh, which is, is, you know, a little bit, a little bit of freak, a little Elvin. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm a goblin. Huh? You embrace it? Oh yeah, obviously. I I have full respect for anyone who upholds like goblin, mutant, ravenous lifestyle of, you know, I know in my heart of hearts that like, I will never feel a hundred percent good about how I look or who I am or any of that. Uh, and so I'm just going to like embrace the kind of like amorphous sludge of it and have my good days and bad days. And that's why I prefer neo pronouns, just like the general encompassing term for like AM, Zemzir, uh, there's some other ones I can't remember at the top of my head. Uh, Zay. But do you have fun with the goblin perception oh, yeah. of yourself? Because I think yeah. you're having fun, and it's like there's some positive aspect, I guess, to it. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, it's nothing but love uh, for myself. And recently I've switched to like. I'm using, I prefer AM more than anything else, but if you, if somebody in like conversation has to refer to me, but like for some reason their brain's not making that click switch between like actually using the ways to respectfully refer to me, um, prefer she, her, ever, you know, traditional neutral pronouns. uh, Because, you know, at the the end of the day, in in a perfect world, uh, if I did it all over again, uh my experience with gender is like yeah i would have much rather have just been born a cis woman and then freak that over freaking what i got Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i wouldn't end up cis uh, if i was born a cis woman but i would have less uh mental struggles do you think through your writing of the poetry you understand yourself more it is just one part of the whole uh experience sometimes uh poems happen and it informs me about myself in ways i hadn't had the words to talk about or understand prior but in other ways it's like like ooh, that's a new experience i didn't know i had uh so Sometimes it's uh, it makes things more confusing. Sometimes it makes things less confusing. But ultimately, it's it's uh, and also sometimes the the poems that I'm writing, even if they are about transness and even if it's about myself, are not even for me to be about myself. It's like just kind of you know talking about Killdozer and how we need to destroy the government before it takes over uh, every sense of sovereignty we have. Do you feel like right now there's like a a trans like movement in writing? I think there's always been a trans movement in writing. Um, I think that in the circles we both frequent, there are a lot of trans writers, and they're you know getting they're getting put on, which is great. Um, and I think that it hasn't always there hasn't always been options for that in the past but also you know it's like who's doing the publishing who who prints the journals who's doing the editing and now like as things progress and there becomes more journals available 
and then there's more options for it. it it's not all just you know mm. the Paris Review, Poetry yeah. Magazine, New York Times. Would you start your own publication? I thought about it once, and I sort of did for like less than a second, and it's it's not for me. I, I like I like being a part of the Peach Mag family, and if I were to start my own publication, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a, it's it's a lot more work than I think uh, you think about until you start doing it. Um, so during our open reading periods, we get roughly like uh, behind the curtain, uh, you know, cut this if I can't use it or whatever, but uh, we get like 350 different poetry submissions, which is just the individual people. Mm-hmm. Then each of them sends somewhere between like three to six pieces, even though we ask for like, hey, just send us one to three stuff. No one ever reads that. Mm-hmm. They always think like, oh, my eight poems, that's enough. That's like totally great. Uh, and so we read every poetry editor reads every single submission. Uh, and then like we do the like editorial discussion about like, building out the publication schedule and like what works for a magazine, what doesn't, uh, what is interest, like, you know, the, the, the minutia of like why we choose, choose a over B is sometimes as nonsensical as anything else. Sometimes it has very like clear and concise reasons, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of hours of reading and, also not reading because you know if i if i read like five submissions in a row and i just become like so emotionally taxed over it that the sixth one i can't care about then that's not fair to that writer so Mm -hmm. i guess you gotta step away from it the people under you on the peach mag team no no one's under me i thought you were like the head poetry person there are like two people i know no. Uh, so the the head poetry editor uh, for uh, the past few seasons has been Liz Bowen, um, and then above Liz would be uh, Jacob and Rochelle, and Liz kind of guides me and Sen and Kelly. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I ain't no head. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm I'm part of a hydra. I would say it is very like a. There, there, there's the assumed hierarchy, but we all kind of like confer and talk together. But so you choose a piece that you like, and then you send it to Liz. And you're like, I want, I like this one. No, we all read everything. Oh, you, you all read all of the. Poems? Everybody reads everything. Oh. And then, you know, if if there happens to be like a conflicts of interest because of like prior knowledge of like. I'm in a workshop with this person, so like I can't read this without a biasy. Then everyone else has also read the piece, and so the discussion surrounding it happens without. Oh, that's a good idea, I guess. Is it going well? Do you enjoy your position there? Yeah, I'm still doing it. Yeah. If what I didn't it? like, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing about me, I could be a quitter. Yeah, quitting's easy. Yeah, but quitting means you can, you know, steal something on the way out. You're gonna steal something from Peach? 
No, Becca's not um, quitting. I like Peach. <laughs> what What's a nonsensical reason you haven't? You said sometimes things are nonsensical when you don't publish something or reason. Uh, I don't think that's kosher. So, oh really? <laughs> okay. I don't want to get you in trouble. No, 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 no. no, I mean, like the the back side, the the other side of editing is it's you know there there's sometimes it's like we love the stuff and we'll take it. Sometimes it's like we love the stuff and this person we've already published twice before. So like, unfortunately, we're passing on it. But like, damn, it's good to read that. Uh, and then there's you know less than colorful stuff. But why we will or won't take something. Um, also at the end of the day it's just like you know keep the mystery alive mm-hmm. you don't want to reveal too much yeah 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 i'm not I mean, it's it's not like i'm hiding something that's like a, a big secret um you look at your own poetic voice and you look at what someone else someone else is doing and whether it's like a fully formed thought or not no i mean i read everything and if i Personally, if I'm if I like it, then I push it forward. If I think that the magazine would like it or readership would like it, I put it forward. Um, the only times I kind of don't do that are when it's like an incomplete draft. Uh, if I think it's it's got a little too much, uh, it's either been in the oven for too long or hasn't been in the oven long enough. You know, some needs to cook a bit longer. We try to do like anytime we want to send encouragement back to submitters, we try to. Uh, and even if, if we're not sending encouragement back, it's not because we don't want to encourage you. It's just that, like, you know, we can't do it for everybody. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't do it if I wasn't passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I would say, in regards to like submitting, like, just make sure your shit's right and make sure you read the guidelines before sending the packet. Uh, it's like the most, it's not a mistake. It's just like a lot of people think, I, I don't know what the thought process is, but a lot of times it feels like they, they, uh, what's, what's the thing? Uh, and she's looking at us like, do not enter. And she says, I can't read that. And so she enters anyways. Mm-hmm. It sometimes feels a lot of like that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it works in their favor. So, who am I to say to stop doing it? <laughs> Just would know. you like to read a poem? Yeah, I could read a poem. Okay. Pitch out my currently unpublished Killdozer yes. piece if I can. Where's my Where's my shit? <sighs> what guns would you have on your Killdozer? I uh, I can tell you right now with no uh, embellishment to it that uh, if, if I got my hand on a gun, then we would not be having this conversation because I would no hesitation take myself out. Me too. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like it's, I, I shouldn't have one. That's fine. Do you like think all... imagine the act? Like, doing it? yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, I get quite sad at times. Uh, how do you but, keep you going? Know, how, how do I keep going from not being so depressed all the time? Yeah. Um, I don't really feel like I have a choice a lot of the times. But also, I think that's as good enough reason as any. Mm-hmm. I talk to people when I can. I just try to, yeah. I've researched it. If you do it, don't do it in the heart. Because if you do it in the heart, the blood, all the blood goes all... It goes out all the orifices of the body. 
Yeah, that would make sense. That'd be a messy one. And you're uh, like, you yeah. drown on your own blood, and like your adrenaline goes up because you shot yourself in the heart, yeah. and it's like the so, worst. Well, I hope neither of us shoot ourselves in the heart or get shot in the heart. Um, I think that I do. In the head. It's it's yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from this edge right now because it's it's setting me in a place. It's important to be open about being able to talk about it because that's the first step to. It's not the first step. It's one of the many first steps to receiving care and help in this world is uh, asking for help or opening up that help is needed. Um, The end of the day, uh, regardless of whatever goes down, uh, I'll I'll fight anyone. And uh, spite is going to keep me alive longer than most anything else. Uh, Outside of spite, it's hanging out with the girls it's girls night yeah. girls night will keep us alive because one day the hangout's gonna happen and you're gonna do you're gonna drift a car down a, a wet mountain road it'll be fun uh or, or not or we'll go through a different kind of pandemic or something where the roads are clear and we'll do the cannonball run did you know there's a coast-to-coast race cannonball run yeah at, was broken like 29 times the world record for it over the first like seven months of covid i don't know that. like no one was driving because no one was going anywhere because we're all trying to not uh get a re- long-standing respiratory illness and die uh and so it was like the perfect time mm-hmm. to like just drive coast to coast i wish i had a car i would have done it i would have done a heartbeat what kind of car you know in a perfect world if i had a car uh then I, I I do uh, I'm a, I do like the Nissan Sentra a little a little bench seat number uh, you know uh, I I would say a Volkswagen Golf but like Volkswagen as a company has got its own thing but also all all automobile distributors have their own CD pasts and futures and presents so it's hard to say like oh I don't want this one because of ethics uh, no any, anything. Good enough. Like a Thunderbird? Probably not for me, personally. Or Greyhound. No, if I had any perfect vehicle, uh, like a 1980s Suzuki motorcycle, no, I would love that. That's cool. That's like the anime. I I like the older motorcycles. I don't really like the ninjas. Uh, Anything and any crotch rockets aren't for me. I don't like the Harleys. I don't like the like the lean up kind of thing. Just like mm-hmm. a you know normal normal little. I'm I'm rolling eighty, but like you know I'm sitting on a flat back situation. Um, yeah, I I found my Kildo's a poem. Yay! I'll I'll read this for you. Um, this is a a poem. It's currently titled "Anyways." I'm radicalized now. I'm not funding a war if I pretend the money in my taxes are only going toward the roads that are actively collapsing. Did you hear about the soldiers who stole all of those tractors? Did you hear the company that makes those tractors founded in a country not fighting in the war was able to brick the tractors before they were at all functional? There are inbuilt kill switches in our devices. Think about your debts and how much they weigh. 
A U.S. company sends a shipment of bricks equal to the weight of the hard drives they develop to Singapore because they can get away with it. Do you think if the bulldozer used to build the killdozer was an American make, it would have been stopped before it was rendered inert too? Maybe the make made the autonomy possible. I'm not funding a war. I'm in one. There's no recourse to repair what we own within legality. Amazon acquires one medical health care. Amazon sells medical information to the police. It hasn't happened yet, but the ring doorbells send footage to the police without the consent and the knowledge of the owners and who makes the doorbells. A user on Twitter finds out that the company that they got their printer from can disable its functionality from afar because their debit card had expired. A friend can have their CPAP machine forcibly taken away from them if they aren't using it enough. John Deere pioneered the addition of remote kill switches being installed in technology, and now the idea of one being installed into a pacemaker is not so far off. Rendering a piece of technology inert is called bricking it. Are you excited to talk to a friend, and because of the status of their debts, a brick is weighed into their body? Think about what you owe and how much it weighs. Think about what you give away and where it goes. And think about how much choice you really have, if you have a choice at all. Marvin Heemeyer's choices were diminished until there was nothing left but to build Killdozer, but even so, he was allowed to build it, and without the only options he had left becoming bricks. It's called a siege when you decide to wait for your enemy to run out of resources. And it's called scorched earth to do any to destroy anything that might be useful to whomever you're fighting against. Who was the first brick at Stonewall? Who got past ACT UP and now can't get a monkeypox vaccine unless you can prove you're a gay man who has sex with other men? Did you know you can be arrested for sodomy still? Did you know some John Deere tractors only work if the same farmer is buying Monsanto-approved seed? Marvin Heemeyer said, it's interesting to observe that I was never caught. Maybe we'll get a justified right to repair, and maybe the earth will die before then. A scorched earth. We're in an overwhelming heat wave, and we're in the coldest summer for the rest of our lives. They, make the tools we, they don't make the tools we need to become autonomous anymore because they can ship us our weight and debts instead. What happens when we learn that we can't use our refrigerators because we're late on rent? What, what are you going to do if you're trying to shoot yourself in the head and the gun won't go off because your sold healthcare data informed the manufacturer that because of severe depression, the guns you own will become bricked? What are you going to do when you can't do anything else but lower the DIY armor over the caddy of your killdozer only to find that has been rendered a series of bricks? It is interesting to observe that I was never caught and how somehow their vision was clouded. This poem was really good. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I forgot that I kind of tied into our uh, very sad talk right before the piece. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think. But, uh, yeah, the coldest, I mean, it makes sense. The coldest summer of our lives could be a great like title for a book. True, it would be a, a very similar homage to uh, if not winter. Um, well, Sappho situation, or a snowflake by uh, Eileen Miles. 
True. Very true. Okay, yeah. well, thanks for coming yeah. on. Yeah, of course. Hey, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. And uh, don't be a stranger. I won't be. Awesome. And if you're ever East Coast-wise, uh, if you find yourself sitting on the other side of my bar, then, you know, we'll, we'll keep chatting. What's the bar? Uh, it's uh, Right now, it's the Bluebird Cocktail Room. Bluebird. It's a cocktail bar in Baltimore City, Maryland. Um, it's literary-themed, surprisingly enough. Uh, so each menu uh, is usually based around either a specific author's works or a specific book by those authors or by an author. Um, so maybe eventually I can convince them to do a menu based off of my book. They That'd should. They have an author there. What the hell? I uh, know. I know. Maybe I'll convince someone uh, <laughs> if I become the actual bar manager and not just the lead bartender. We'll find out. I'll keep sowing the seeds, sprinkle uh, my little me dust on everything. Cool. Yeah. Okay.